Welcome to the 365 Mises Center Show. Today we'll be looking at adding topics to user profiles. Is it what we think it is? Meeting join custom branding. It'd be nice to see our logo there. And we'll dive into SharePoint collapsible sections. Let's roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Are you excited about anything there on the on the agenda there, Daniel? I am, yes, uh, but nothing you talked about just then. Um, I, so for, yeah, and we'll get to it. For the SharePoint collapsible sections, I think there's a lot of people excited about this. And I asked the question, will you use this really? So we'll see. We'll talk about it. Okay. I'm 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 excited about well I'll tell you what I'm excited about when I get to it. Excellent, so looking there. forward to it. Uh, look, thank you for those who wanted to tune in last week but but didn't. Um, <laughs> we did need to take a break. We probably do it two times a year, uh, where Daniel has his summer and then I have my summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, you would have known that we were taking a break if you were following us on the socials. We are on the socials as 365MCS. Follow us on the socials and you will know about those kind of things because we will are tell you. Are you telling people off if they, if they aren't, Daniel? Right. I'm not telling them off. I am encouraging them. I'm encouraging them to go ahead and out, go out there to Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and follow 365MCS. That's what I'm there saying. There we go. Okay. That's cool. Well, we'll get into this first message because there are a few, uh, given that we're catching up uh, for the two weeks. Uh, we're going to start off with this interesting message around real-time telemetry for end users, MC265449. Uh, this is for Microsoft Teams, and it is about an end user being in a call and being able to have a quick look and see what the quality of their call is like. And it's measured across audio, video, content sharing, and network. It's all about the uh, network statistics, uh, about how many frames per second you're transmitting, etc. Um, the quality or bit rate of, of um, the audio and the video. And you'll be able to find this under the ellipsis button. It's a call health button. Um, so if we jump a bit further down, we'll see an example of it in action. Here's a call uh, running and we see that the round time trip for all of you who, well, gamers would be really, really familiar with this, um, milliseconds. Um, we've got yeah, audio bit rates, um, video frames per second. It's good to see a good frame rate there. Uh, sometimes we see that drop down in terms of quality when, when calls uh, are not getting the bandwidth that they would like. But you notice too the size of the video feed. Um, so this 960 by 540 is not a number that we normally see, um, yet if we get down a bit further, a, a good example of another, well, healthy call, 1280 by 720. Again, we're not seeing 1080p. Um, interesting sort of stuff. Nothing really here in the, in the screen sharing example, but um, we will see similar things because, in short, a shared screen is really just another video feed. And as a quick note before I hand over to Daniel for a, for a few comments, um, the priority is given to shared content when you are sharing your screen, that it will step down your video quality. You would have noticed this 
um, when the uh, screen has been shared because we want to see what's on the screen. We want to hear people, but we're not so interested about drop frames on people's faces or whether, yeah. Anyway, um, Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, I think that is good stuff. I don't know who's going to use it. We'll see. I think IT people who understand this kind of stuff will, you know, will want to look at that. And of course, admins seeing it on the um, in the admin section, mm. you know, in the back end, I think we'll be paying attention to this kind of stuff. But for users, this is just an indication of I'm seeing something going on. You know, video looks weird or something. It's just a quick way to check. But again, will users know what those numbers mean? And if will they know that? maybe someone who's video gaming in the other room is having impact on my connection or something. I, you know, I just don't know. Um, mm. I don't know. I just don't know the value to those end users, those people who don't know what bit rate is and frame rate. And, you know, they, you know, you look at, you, you talked about that first video aspect ratio mm -hmm. and you said, Oh, that's not really good. But, you know, someone might look at that and go, 960 by 540, is that good? I don't know. <laughs> well, um, you know. No, I mean, I know so. we're using YouTube right now, but how many of you have had to tap a couple of times to change it to an optimal frame rate or an optimal video quality? One thing that the community yeah. are really kicking back on with YouTube is like, why did you step us down to 480 and make us tap through? Yeah. But anyway, um, so... Any who's, exactly. Uh, this is expected to roll out late June. Yeah, that's now. Um, we've, we've, we've already got it. Um, in fact, this could be almost our callback section, Daniel, if we were that interested, <laughs> but we're not. Um, good yeah. feature for IT pros. Anyway, let's carry on with uh, your message, which is... Moving right along, this is SharePoint Collapsible Sections. MC two six six zero seven seven, and I mentioned at the very beginning of the show. This is one that I was just questioning: Are is this something that people are actually going to use? I I wasn't. I'm not saying that in a way of well, this is this is junk, and I don't you know care about it. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, I, I just don't know if it's this a high value um, functionality. But let's talk about it. Basically. What it is you're going to be able to do when you go into uh, create a section, uh, there will be a toggle there to say this is collapsible. You'll be able to give the um, uh, the verbiage you want to have show when the section is collapsed and whether you want it to be collapsed or expanded by default. The I, I see some uh, use cases for this. I, I most certainly do, but I just don't. Think most users are going to use this, or they maybe they shouldn't use it. I think it's actually going to be used a whole lot more than it should be. Let me put it that way, because and here's the here's the reason why I'm saying all this, is that when that section is collapsed, it is not very obvious that there's a bunch of sections there. If you're just scrolling on the page, which we know all users do that. Users do not go line by line reading everything that's on your page. They skim the page first to see if it's something they want to read, and then they go back up. Well, if I'm skimming and there's a bunch of collapsed sections, then I'm not seeing the content. I'm not seeing your gorgeous, beautiful content. Mm -hmm. Collapsible sections do shorten your page, which is great, you know, so I don't have to scroll, scroll, scroll. But 
I think this has uh, the opportunity to be overused and therefore lowering the quality of your content. Users are going to see your content, but then again, not actually see it because it's in the collapsed section. So just use it in, I think, in an appropriate manner. Maybe make sure, you know, if I was using it, things like maybe a, a frequently asked questions, you know, that, that's what it really looks like um, initially when you have it collapsed like that. Um, if you have a lot of content on a page and you just have to have it on a page and you don't want click users to click off to another page, then fine. This might be a good way, but I, I think maybe having some sort of indication above it to say this, the, you know, click below on the collapsed sections to learn more or something like that in big, bold letters. Um, so rollout targeted release, um, will be early July, which is now-ish, and completed standard release by late July. So we're going to be getting it this month. Everybody will be. What do you think, Daryl? Am I am I going, you know, off the reservation here? Do I have some valid concerns? Uh, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean, that it's a, a feature people are going to try out and maybe overuse it initially. The... Um, look, we're looking at a GIF animation here for those on the audio podcast, so we have to sort of wait for it to loop through. But when it is published, it is just this little subtle um, triangle which suggests that you can expand the section. And if you're smart, you've you've sort of duo-toned and alternated between tones in your sections so you can see where those sections break. If people don't do that, then it just looks like one white block with a whole lot of little triangles that you can expand on. Um, I'm actually wondering if if we could use um, anchor points like it for headings inside those sections, and you click and and it expands the section for you. Oh well, that that would be a good thing to try. I don't know when. So on on Twitter this past week, Joanne Klein, a fellow Regarding Three Sixty Five member. I uh, posted this and I replied back and she, I think she said something to the effect of I, I needed this. And, and I replied back and said, but did you, do you really? And then people were jumping in with, yes, I needed, you know, there were several people that jumped in and said they, that this is something they will use and they absolutely needed. So I, again, I may be way off, but I just feel like there's, it's ripe for opportunity for, for people just totally overlooking your mm. content. Um, so I, I think you don't be coy about hiding your content in this way. Make it obvious that there are sections there that are collapsed that you can get to more information, uh, but the user has to click. That's all, that's what I'm mm. saying uh, to make this you know something useful. All right. Well, yeah, we're, we're interested to see how people uh, put that to practice. Yes, Daryl, yes. let's go on and let's talk about maybe profiles, updating some profiles. Okay. Well, this was another um, announcement or message that um, had some discussion in the community. Uh, Microsoft 365 profile update, add topics to users' profiles, MC267952. Um, now, this is talking about your Delve profile or the profile card that you would see when you hover over someone's name right the way through Microsoft 365. And as you hover over that, it is getting its information, of course, from Active Directory and various things that are in there. And um, it does have connections through to the Delve profile page. 
Now, what you can do, and you have been able to do this within profile pages of the past, even before Delve, was you could add in skills. You could add in ask me about. And you could put these sorts of things into your profile, and that might help if people visited your profile, um, <laughs> which maybe they don't. Depends on how your organization's using it. Um, so what will be um, coming through from that profile soon are those very things. If you added a topic to your Delve profile page, then it will come through. Now, one of the things, I think you said topics can be skills, projects, and even hobbies. Right? One of the things that we all leapt to in terms of assumptions was, is this related to Viva topics? If I was a um, suggested SME for a topic, and I, and I said to the Viva service, yes, please, I'll be quite happy to, to be a subject matter expert. Ask me about that topic. Will that come through to my profile card? And it appears uh, at this stage that there's no connection to that yet. Now, I, I kind of understand that, that topics being a add-on service that you know maybe at, at its first instance of this feature you're probably not going to see something like that coming through. But we would hope that something like that would come through eventually. Um, so uh, it is going to be rolling out um, rolling out this feature early August and expect to be complete by mid-October 2021. So that's quite, quite a stretch in terms of that rollout of, of this feature. It's nothing really to see there in terms of demonstration, but Daniel, yeah. how would you have expected this to to work and be helpful? So I I see that you know being able to show that information on people cards is great because if you've gone in there and filled out that information, you want people to know it, and I think that's good. Now being able to consume that information in the future, whether it's in Viva Topics or it's you know, on any sort of connection through the graph, I think it would be really great uh, to connect to that information and utilize it. I mean, we're putting it in mm. there. And that's the whole point of, you know, what we're doing with topics and what we're doing with um, search solutions, creative, you know, search solutions people are coming up with is we're trying to get to that information that's already there. So use the information that's already there. Um, if you have decided in your organization though that you don't like this information showing up and you don't want people dealing with that then there's some information at the very bottom of this about the close if you've closed the term set basically um, responsibilities and you've you've said i don't want people adding to this then there's some things you need to do so uh, make sure you check that out but i i feel like it's it's one step um, i'm hoping like you that the next few steps will include, hey, you know, this information can be used across the organization mm. in a way that I can find out who's the expert in Microsoft Sway. I want to use this tool to its utmost, and I want to know who's bragging about, you know, their expert in Sway. So I yeah, can or, or even just that the the beauty of topics is it's detecting that these are things that people are talking about. This is what your business is in business about. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah. you're already being suggested as a as an expert for this. So it'd be great to see that on the card and be able to click through from that card to the topics page, like the the the, mm -hmm. uh, the dream suggests for topics. But anyway, 
Mm-hmm. Let's uh, go into something kind of related. SharePoint Syntax. Sort of. Yeah, sort of, right? Uh, SharePoint Syntax site template for model evaluation. 66261. This is Microsoft's way of allowing you to evaluate this process of training models to classify content. And it, and it really is a... a I feel like kind of a promotional thing that they're doing. They're trying to give you the opportunity to utilize the technology to see if it would work for you and see how easy it is to work for you um, to maybe have you buy Syntex licenses, okay? So this update will start rolling out to, um, it says to all SharePoint Syntex customers in early July and should be completed in late July. Um, and so these, you have to have access to the content center, um, and through that content center, you'll be able to, and you can't do that through self-service. You have to do it as an admin, create that content center. And then you can point to a document library and start, you know, having a model created based upon that content. Um, not much more to say about this. You can learn more about the, the functionality of the SharePoint syntax. Uh, there's a link to, at the bottom about creating that content center. But uh, if you're interested in this, I would say, you know, definitely check it out and learn more about um, the own the uh, the add-on that you can add to to SharePoint. Um, it is it is something that does take steps, you know, of that learning steps. And this is a way for you to see that uh, evaluation to to say. I want to to see if this model is going to work um, the uh, for the document library and and see if it works uh, for uploaded files um, to give that evaluation and and you know you can use it for training as well. Cool. Well, I've got nothing to so, add. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Great. So the next one, Daryl, is really all about the experience when we're joining a meeting, right? Hmm. Yeah, um, join custom branding, but meeting join custom branding. Uh, as you're joining that meeting, then uh, you're going to see uh, an opportunity to put a logo there. This is MC268191. When I say a logo, <laughs> um, digging deeper into this, you can actually choose multiple logos, which I find quite interesting, that you might have a need to uh, divide based on a certain group or business unit. And so you want to be able to have an identity as someone joins this meeting. Oh, who am I joining here again? Which division or which business unit? And in some cases, uh, I know that some school districts all share the same 365 tenant. So it could be quite useful to have a, um, a logo there that actually represents your school. And you'll be able to assign that particular logo with meeting policies uh, so that that will appear for your meeting join experience when you invite people to your meetings. The logo will appear for users who join from desktop, web, and mobile, so it's good to see the experience right across. Um, Nice little picture there of the policy center. We won't necessarily dive into that, but um, there are probably some guidelines around how big the logo is supposed to be and what it looks like. you squint your eyes there, you'll be able to see that the logo is tiny in the top right-hand corner. So it's not massive. It's not this huge branding opportunity. It's more just about making it identifiable. And I, I align it with the same kind of thinking 
um, that you have, you can um, use a, an organizational identifier for your email. So it's like a security thing. You know that you are joining the meeting that you think you're joining because it's got a recognizable logo of the, of the host. Um, so this is, this is rolling out complete late July. But begin and be complete in late July. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's an interesting point you brought up. I hadn't even thought about doing that as a security feature, mm. but you, you got to if you are using it as a security feature, and I've talked about this on the show, it's been many moons ago, that uh I do have a customer, at least one, uh that does rolling uh images. And so every month they change their image and it's a it's a you know, a random in, image really. And they put that on the internet homepage uh -huh. of this is the security image for this month. This is security from last month. So if you get an email um, and it doesn't have that security, that security uh, image, then you, it's wrong. You know, it's coming from the wrong place. Uh -huh. uh, so it would be interesting to see that put into place. I guess you could do that here. It, it depends on how much the effort is into changing that logo uh -huh. out. But I guess you could you could do that. It, it is very small though, so it's not a very large image. But um, no. anyway, so that that is an interesting. But just just large I'm enough. I'm sure somebody will do it on that on that dark purple background. That you know, if you've got something that's quite colourful, it will pop and be easy to see. Um, I, I mean, why not make it four times as big as it is? Well, you know, I'm looking at that logo on that demo. Right, I'm looking at it right now, going. Why don't they make it four times? You know, I don't understand why it's so small. <laughs> what about just having like a virtual background right behind that guy with the preview? You know? Yeah. Just like yeah, you yeah. are coming into this environment. But yeah. That's right. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Daniel, right. tell us about the uh, next one for you, which is lists. Mac yes, it's Microsoft List. Custom list templates. MC267581, and this is the one I'm excited about. Yay, we found out which one Daniel's excited about. Dude, 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 dude. This is, uh, <laughs> we have uh, templates that are available to us when we create a, a list, Microsoft list, but this is all about bringing your ability as an organization to publish list templates that you create to for other people to use. The rollout is targeted release uh, mid-July, complete by mid-August, and then standard release mid-August to early September. And really, the when you create when you go to create a list, there will be underneath right now you see templates, but then there's going to be another tab from your organization. And when you click on that tab, you'll see those list templates that have been added by your organization, and that's done by an admin now. Um, the way it's done now is to um, you have to use PowerShell to upload these by an admin. So it's not users out there all creating their different um, templates, which is pros and cons. Because in some organizations, it would be really nice to have power users creating templates uh, and, and, and including those. But uh, this is nice. Uh, you can you know, set up some sort of approval workflow or something if you wanted. If if that's what I'm imagining around this is, hey, I have a template and I want to publish it and, you know, send it to the admin to get done. Um, 
So it, you know, and in the bottom, of course, it says you might want to notify your users. This is definitely something if you're going to use it, if you're going to publish, then go ahead and notify your users because they're going to have to click that tab mm. to get to from your organization. So you're going to need to educate them on, hey, there's other, because it's subtle. It's not in your face. There is another tab here to click. It, it is not. You, It's kind of subtle. So make sure that uh, you, if you're going to use it, go ahead and educate your, your users. But I'm excited about this. To, I'm excited to see what your solutions are. So I'd love for you to get on the socials and at mention 365 MCS and show us what you're doing with templates. I'd love to see your Microsoft list templates um, just to see what, what cool stuff you are doing. Any thoughts on this one there? Um, I think it's uh, along the same pattern as we see organizational templates for office documents. Um, so it still needs an admin to put it in the place that the documents are, uh, the templates are to be stored and the admin needs to set that up. Um, mm -hmm. so, but yeah, it's not as visual if if you're seeing possible templates you could use. It's not like it's suggesting right. or displaying any organizational templates. The other category that I think as you're talking through it, which would be really helpful is your templates or my templates, mm -hmm. personal templates, because if you're creating lists in a uh, repeated fashion uh, of a certain type and you've found a really good way of listing information, you probably want to have your own template. And reuse Yeah, it. and you can you can do that kind of now because you can select from an existing list. Ah, okay. And it'll it'll create from that, but um, I agree with you. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you you would like to do a repeatable thing and and have your own templates. Daryl, it is time to move on to quick mentions, boom, boom. which maybe we should call speed dial. <laughs> very, very clever, Daniel. Um, speed dials on mobile devices, MC265766. Guess what? If you're using telephony within um, Microsoft Teams, then you can have this lovely two by one, two, three, four, five. Maybe it's longer. I don't know. Maybe we have to scroll a bit further, but... Those are all your speed dials. So if you're setting them up on your desktop, you'll have them on your mobile. Um, it's just a tap away, and um, you can make that call. Um, this is rolling out early July, complete late July. It's available on iPhones, iPads, and Android. That's good to see it all arriving, um, and it's all directly from the Calls app. Uh, I, I said something there that I thought it might be related just to PSTN, but I think you can set up speed dials for people that you just right. call teams to teams. So yeah, mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Daniel, what is your one about? Migrating admin experiences to the Power Platform Admin Center. Whew, that's a long one, MC267095. And this is a short message talking about they're removing the admin experiences for the power platform from the dynamic CE admin center to its own power platform admin center. So the new URL there is admin.powerplatform.microsoft.com. And you will be able to see all of your wonderful admin stuff there. Nothing else is being, being changed. Uh, this is coming out beginning of August. Daryl, one more quick mention. Yeah. One more. Um, <laughs> Have you ever wanted to raise your hand on an audio call? Thank you, Daniel. Uh, just for those who were listening but didn't see. 
In fact, that's making my point. Daniel raised his hand on the video feed. So you thought your title was long? Let me read. Hang on. Okay. Support for PS10 users to raise hand in meetings and for meeting organizers to manage PS10 audio capabilities. Hmm. MC267575. <laughs> that was a ricochet. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it sort of bounced around there because there was a lot of, lot of words. Um, what is this feature? Very quickly, it's uh, if you are on a call and you're wanting to ask a question, today, if you're just joining via the phone, there isn't a way in a Teams online meeting to raise your hand. You just have to come off mute and go, <coughs> I have something to say. Um, but now you will be able to press star five and it will raise your hand within the Teams meeting um, attendees roster. And the person who's facilitating or anyone actually will be able to see that hand raised and um, will say, hey, come off mute. You've got a question I see you've got there. So it's good that that there's um, what well, this is in the line with the, the hybrid way of working and trying to give people equal opportunity to be part of the uh, conversation. This is rolling out to standard in GCC in mid-July, complete late July. GCCH and DOD rolling late July, complete early August. And I feel like there should be a third thing there, but maybe not. <laughs> um, Daniel, we do have something to share in callbacks, don't we? It's, uh, we must certainly do. Yeah. I'm. This one is uh, fun as well. And it's just one, well, it's one show away. It's a couple of weeks away. But we talked about this last show, OneDrive, sharing experience shared with MC263839. And I'm going, it's rolled out to my tenant and it is a targeted tenant, but it's now rolled out. So I will demonstrate to you how this works. I am in my OneDrive. I have this file. I have shared it uh, with other people, but when I go to share it again, then down below, I see that it is, I have a sharing link already created for this. I also see that I have shared it with two different people. Apparently one of them is me. Uh, so the, You'll see, just like we talked about, those profile images of the people you shared with. It's just a quick way for you to see, oh, wait, I've already shared it uh. with Sally or Joe. I don't need to share it with them again. Um, I just need to send them a link. Can you hover over the, um, can... the the faces again? Or well, your face? Yeah. Yeah, so that just pops up your name. What about the other faceless face? I don't want to hover over. Oh, that okay. One, How about the link? Um, Does the link tell you whether yes. it is a? I clicked. If you click on the link, okay. uh, it takes you into the manage access. That's it. Uh, if you click on the on the icon, so it takes you into the manage access, so you can deal with that. Right. Yeah. Very cool. It's actually, uh, which is funny, this was a demo, I don't know when we did this, but um, it's you, but it's 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 an email address. I don't want everyone to know who your email address, so that's actually you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm faceless and I'm in your tenant. <laughs> that's nice right. One. That's right. Yeah. So, so great, great uh, functionality that's that's here, that's being rolled out. Hmm. Um, and so that that is about us for the week, isn't it? It is. Indeed, it has been, I think, uh, it was great to have time off, but I'm glad to be back, glad to have everyone in, a, in the chat room and glad everyone 
um, was uh, who watches the show or listens to this podcast. I'm so happy that you have um, decided to join with us and and uh, allow us to impart into your life some little bit of experience that we've had throughout the the years and uh, some knowledge and share as a community. So really appreciate that. Uh, we've our viewers viewership and downloads of the audio podcast continue to go up so we continue to get more and more people who are listening and and watching so we're really we really appreciate that and thank you for coming yeah, on and do share your experience and opinions too we're thankful for those who do join us in the live chat and add that value there um, also for those of you who can't make it in time and uh, you do jump into the uh, the comments later like um Kevin, um, yes, yeah, please. Like, um, thank you so much for for your frequent comments and a, a number of other people there too for support. Share what you have experienced with these updates, um, what you think about what's coming. Um, it's as a community that we actually draw the value out. Sometimes we challenge what what Microsoft thinks is valuable. Sometimes we're suggesting things that actually end up getting picked up and uh, added to the product as well. So it's it's a community effort, and we thank you for joining us. That's right. Cool. Well, Very let's uh, roll it out. See you later.